spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy Monday, baby. Hey, happy Monday, everybody. So, we've been giving you the best coverage of uh, the Gilbert Goons, trying to figure out, uh, you know, how do we give you the stories of, of families who have gone through um, this this awfulness, this craziness, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we brought in uh, uh, a man named Rick Keener, and his son was beaten by the Gilbert Goons so bad that he uh, sent his son overseas to live with his mom in Europe because he didn't think the cops were helping at all, and he thought that his kid was going to get killed. Um, earlier today, we talked to uh, Stephanie Jarnigan, and uh, she's the mom of Connor, and Connor, when he was sixteen got beaten up by the Gilbert Goons. It was at the end of 2022. And um, he took a shot to the back of the head with brass knuckles. And it almost killed him. The doctor said in the ER, if it's an inch one way, you're dead. So we brought Stephanie and her son Connor in today to hear their story. And so that night at the in and out, we asked Connor what happened. Take a listen. So I was at an in and out and about 10 or 11 guys approached us and they're at first they're like nice car, cool car. And they complimented me on my jacket. I was with my other friend mm. and then they were like, give me $20. So obviously I, I said, no, you're not getting $20 from me. And then one of his friends mentioned that my keys were in the car. And so the main guy that was talking to me goes to try to get in my car and I step in front of him to take the keys. Mm. And when I turn around to grab the keys, um, I get punched in the back of the head with brass knuckles. And so I turn around to confront the guy and I feel blood just gushing down my back. And so I give him $20, they go to their cars and me and my friend drive off and call the police and the fire department. So you knew none of these kids, right? These weren't kids you went to school with, none of the, they were just, Random kids at In and Out. Yeah, we had no idea who they were. It was about seven o'clock at dinner time on a Thursday, and like we had no idea who they were. All right, Stephanie and Connor Jarnigan are joining us uh, in studio. Connor was attacked, brass knuckles, back of the head, December thirtieth, twenty twenty-two. Um, I know this is is a strange question, but I think if you want to get brass knuckles banned in Arizona. Tell me this. What does that feel like? Because I can't even imagine. Um, I had no idea this was coming. I never saw it in the future until we could, until I took my situation and looked for something brighter. So it kind of makes me feel good that we can do something out of a bad situation and make our community safer. Heck yeah. What does it feel like to get hit with brass knuckles? Physically, what does it feel like? Um, it hurts at first, but at the time I had a lot of adrenaline, so I didn't feel it much. But when I got the staples in the back of my head, those hurt a lot. How many staples did you get? I had two staples in the back of my head. So, out of nowhere, dude punches you, give him 20 bucks, you hop in your car, probably shouldn't have been driving, a concussion, I would assume, yeah. uh, but to get out of there. And you, I mean, this is 2022, so you were kind of the, the, the first of what was going to be several attacks throughout the next year or so. Yeah, I've uh, after that, I did a little kind of investigating, talking to friends, and I've heard like a couple other people gotten hit by them, and I didn't know much about it. But after that, it kind of started escalating, and I've heard about more and more attacks. Uh, Stephanie and Connor are joining us. Connor is now 17. He was attacked at 16. Okay, Stephanie. Mom, um, 
your son comes home and he is bleeding profusely. Like, what are you what are you thinking right there? Well, the first thing that happened, um, my husband and I were in different places. I was folding laundry, vividly remember getting a call from him saying, Connor's been hit. He, he's going to he's going to be OK. I'm going to take care of it. My husband was um, grocery shopping, so he just abandons his cart of cart of food. And I, it was just unbelievable. Never in my wildest dreams would I thought that going allowing my son to go to in and out yeah. to meet friends um, to hang out w- would be a problem. So you go to the hospital, two staples. You got. You, we've seen some of. The, we're going to put some of the pictures up. Chad and I looked at it. It's it's bloody. It is. That, were, that was injured. a cleaned up picture. The, the one that the blood on his neck. That was after the EMT treated and cleaned him up. I mean, how big was that cut? Uh, it was probably about. Half an inch, yeah. Wide, yeah. It was deep, though. Yeah, it was, it was deep. deep, and that's why the staples. Uh, so, have you know? I mean, you go through this real quick. I mean, obviously, you're gonna. You must be walking around the next couple of days, going, "What? What the hell just happened to me?" Like, you know, what? what I was at in and out Burger, for God's sakes, and I just got attacked. For no reason. For no reason. Do I need to worry about this at school? I I mean, you had to think something like that. Yeah. um, Me and my dad talked about kind of like being safe or like in public and even changing cars for a while. I had to drive a truck that my grandpa gave me. And so I just had to be cautious in public. And I still do because I don't know their intentions and what they want to do to me. So you're still looking over your shoulder. Yeah, I am to this day. Mom just put her head down. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that is awful to hear that. I just saw your reaction that, yeah, I mean, he's still looking over his shoulder. And as a mom, that's just got to, it's the worst thing. It's, it definitely is hard. And I, I just don't know what's going through these kids' head to make them think that that kind of a behavior is acceptable or, or even the parents who are the parents to these boys, like, do they know that their sons are doing this? It's it's unbelievable. To Do me. you feel your son is safe? It's uh, the the he Connor is in studio with us with his mom Stephanie, and the attack was uh, December thirtieth, twenty twenty two. So it's been over a little over a year. Do you feel like he's safe, or do you? How do you feel? I feel like we've done the best that we can to to help equip him. Like what measures have you taken then? Well, Other than you switch the car, so now they don't know what the what, what type of car it is, right? Yeah. Because they already saw your car and, and said it was a nice car, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, being here today, I've told you I don't want you to put his face on the media. Right. Um, Which we've ma- made, made sure that we did. Yep. Or tell people where he goes to high school. Correct. Um, we're pro-Second Amendment family, so we go through gun safety training and shoot. It's not like he carries, obviously. He's young, but down the road, that might be something he looks into. We don't want to live a life of fear, though. Like, I've I've been afraid for too long, so that's why I kind of agreed to come on and talk to you guys. Are you worried about retaliation? You're worried that there there are kids looking for you based on the fact that uh, uh, there was a trial, and we'll get to that in a little bit, that one of them went down, so maybe there's revenge, or, or do you think hopefully this thing's behind you? Um, I have I have no idea, and that's kind of what scares me. In the courtroom, he did say he forgave me, but... Um, I know he's done a lot worse. He, 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 wait a second. he forgave you. Huh? <laughs> All right, I, 
uh, I forgave him, and he said he's really sorry. Yeah. Um, it was the but, other way around. Yeah. I'm kind of scared, like, in public, like, say I take my car out from one night, and they see my car, like, I don't know if they're going to follow me and try to get revenge for right. putting him up. Do they pay a visit to you? Anybody come over? Because we've heard that you know, by a few parents that, you know, that they kind of wandered by the house, some of these kids and stuff. There was a period where we thought that was happening, um, but it turned out to be neighborhood kids that were just fooling around. Because at that point, you're so vigilant. Oh, yeah. You're super vigilant. Hyper aware. Right. Yeah, we got an alarm system installed in our house and lots of safety measures, obviously. All right. Uh, the voice of Stephanie. She's the mom of Connor who got hit with uh, brass knuckles in the back of the head December 30th at the in and out in 2022. And you have to take those steps and make sure that your son, after getting attacked like that, feels safe. An alarm system. Hey, maybe we'll have some friends over instead of you going out. That's Maybe. just, it's so, I mean, think about having to redo your life that way because you decided to get a burger on a Thursday night. I know. I know. Well, I mean, did the Gilbert police chief install any um, confidence in parents to let their kids go out in public in Gilbert over the last year and no, a half? But no. the communication they have is spectacular. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, why don't we do this? There's an Arizona lawmaker that wants to help Connor get his wish of banning brass knuckles in Arizona. All right, you're going to hear from him next on the Gatos and Chad Show. The Gatos and Chad Show, afternoons. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. So we had Stephanie and Connor in studio. Connor was attacked by the Gilbert Goons. One of those gutless punks basically took brass knuckles, waited for Connor to turn around, and then hit him in the back of the head. Almost killed him. After they tried to get in his car and drive away with it. Yeah, and take money. And so, hey, Connor got back up. He got stitched up, and he said, you know what? Let's try and, and, and get these brass knuckles banned. So Connor was on the show today, 17 years old. His mom was with him, Stephanie. So he said, why don't we put you on with an Arizona state legislature? And uh, it was Arizona State Senator John Kavanaugh who's going to try and write a bill. And this is going to hopefully ban brass knuckles. Take a listen. Then I just saw an email today that came in Friday night after I had left from uh, from from Stephanie uh, Connor's mother uh, asking the same thing. And yeah, that that, that process is actually in the works. Uh, I was a uh, police officer for 20 years in New York, and uh, in New York, brass knuckles are considered deadly weapons, which means that just possessing them is is uh, against the law. And I was kind of shocked to discover that they. They were legal in Arizona. It's really strange. Uh, so I'm going to introduce a bill that would make, and you have to be a little bit broader, uh, not just brass knuckles, but uh, any metal knuckles, any plastic knuckles, or any knuckles made of a hard, durable material. Because these also come in, in plastic form or in bone form, and all of them are equally uh, destructive. Connor, you liking what you're hearing so far? I love it. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Get past. Yeah. What do you need from Connor? Uh, well, certainly coming down and testifying, first-person testimony, especially from somebody who's been victimized, uh, is always very powerful. Can you do that? I would love to do that. Mom, is that okay? Absolutely. Hey, okay. Senator, so how's... 
How's the process work, Senator, from the time that you go and introduce it, Connor comes down, how long is this, you know, what's the process? Explain it to the family and everybody else out there. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and we don't think there's a big lobby for uh, the brass knuckle industry, so I'm, I'm assuming both the right and the left kind of agree that this is ridiculous. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I've been, I'm in my 18th year. I've had an A-plus NRA rating all of those years, and I support, you know, stand your ground, castle doctrine, constitutional carry of handguns. Uh, so my, my uh, Second Amendment, uh, you know, uh, status is not, you know, challengeable. Uh, these are not brass knuckles or any kind of knuckles uh, are not weapons of self-defense. A self-defense weapon is something that you can use where you don't have to get on top of the person and risk being injured. So we're talking about handguns if you're threatened with deadly force. We're talking about maybe uh, a taser or a chemical spray where you can stay back a little bit and, and not get hurt. Uh, a brass knuckle, you have to literally get into contact with the person. So it's not a defensive weapon. It's an offensive weapon that thugs use. So I don't think there'll be any opposition to it. Well said. Uh, the process of passing a bill is, is long and torturous, uh, and that's, you know, to err on the side of not passing bad laws. But uh, basically, I'll introduce it into the Senate. It'll get assigned to one or more committees. It has to pass out of the committees with a recommendation to the full Senate to pass it. It goes to the what we call the Committee of the Whole, which is everybody in committee, so people can amend it if they want to. If it passes out of there, it goes to third read in the Senate, where each member goes on record yes or no. If it passes, it goes to the House, where it will go to the Speaker, be assigned to committees, have to pass out of committees, go to the House Committee of the Whole, and then to the House for a third read. If it passes out of the House on third read in the same form, it goes right to the governor for hopefully hopefully a signature. If they make any kind of an amendment, then we have to have two small groups of people from both chambers to agree on a compromise and then go back with the compromise on vote on both of them and then go back okay. to, to the governor for signature. Just Connor, like schoolhouse rocks. Yeah. Connor Just should be like taking notes rocks. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have 30 seconds. Uh, Stephanie, Connor, anything you want to say to the state senator? Um, just that uh, we've been looking into it and we figured out that uh, 38 states have them banned or restricted so and sure. 12 have them unrestricted and it'd be amazing to see what you can do to help ban yeah. brass knuckles well, yeah. i will do my best and by the way it's bad for decent people to use these for self-defense because they cause serious injury and if somebody's being threatened with less than deadly force and they hit somebody with these and cause serious injury they would be guilty of assaulting the person because it's excessive force it's so nobody point. should use these uh they, they're just bad all around state senator kavanaugh thanks for joining us good luck we're going to be talking to you down the line okay thank you all right that was uh from a little bit earlier today um that was kavanaugh trying to write that bill you know band brass knuckles uh our conversation with uh connor who was 16 when he was attacked by the goons about a year ago and stephanie's mom we're gonna have more coming up later this hour and into the five o'clock hour um they're basically telling their story they're telling the story how many stories have we heard over and over again it's the same thing with these gilbert goons a bunch of uh, creepy, uh, you know, kind of cowardly uh, boys, or I won't call them men, and they hit you in the back of the head with brass knuckles. That's what thugs use. Yep. Kavanaugh's right. Sucker punch and safety in numbers. It's easy to fight 10 on one. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up next, the Supreme Court is now weighing on the border crisis. So is this going to go? Is this good for Arizona? Is it bad? We'll tell you next. 
A narrowly divided U.S. Supreme Court is siding with the Biden administration in a tense dispute over razor wire fencing installed by Texas. The state had been prohibiting federal border agents from performing their duties. Now in a 5-4 to four ruling, federal agents will be allowed to remove the wire placed by Texas. The Department of Homeland Security has argued Texas has been interfering with federal supremacy and enforcing border policy. The court did not explain its ruling. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, uh, five to four, so uh, at least two uh, Republicans jumped on one side. So I I don't, the razor wire I get, I want to see what happens if it gets to the point where they're apprehending people, what that looks like. But it's, we got to fix this, right? We have John Fetterman as the voice of reason. John Fetterman, good night. Remember that's how he started everything? He's the voice of reason saying, hey. America's dream's dying. We can't have open borders. This is insane. We've got to do something. We're never addressing any of the issues. We're fighting in court over stupid stuff. Well, the razor wire isn't stopping anybody from coming in. It's just ripping them apart. Or it's or it's rerouting them to a different place. Yeah. So what do you do? If it, it, it the wall, uh, we'll say this, the wall's not stopping anybody from coming in. Not either. that wall. Did you see the wall they have between Egypt and Palestine? No. It's about 50 feet tall. It is giant metal with all of that razor wire. We see that Constantina, whatever it is, everywhere. It is. You're not getting past that. You're not getting over that. Okay. So why don't we do that? Because it's racist. Is that inhumane? I mean, like, like you can make an argument that, okay, if we put this razor wire all over the place in Texas. Yeah. And we're watching families crawl through it. Because it's not stopping anybody. No. If it were to stop people, I'd say, yeah, it's probably, that's a good thing. But it's not. I mean, I really don't know what else Texas is supposed to do. They're just trying to defend the border. Yeah, they're not doing this because they thought, well, this will be a good thing. They're doing it because the border has zero protection now. There's no laws. There is nothing being done to slow anybody down. Go go back to the wall, right? If we built a 50-foot wall, it wouldn't matter. People cutting holes in it. Well, the, the wall, you're not cutting the Palestinians. They're not, nobody's cutting through what they built. They, they built a wall that is an actual solid. It looks like a safe. It is, it is, it is crazy. That's how much they want to keep people on the other side. Right. I think, I don't know if we need that. I, I think what we need is we need to change the asylum law because everybody has taken advantage of it from every country in the world. They're coming here. Most of them are lying. They're trying to get into the United States. Economic reasons. It's economic, and you can't you can't claim asylum for economic reasons. You know what I would do if I was Democrats? Call the Republicans on the floor and say, "All right, we'll give you guys everything you want on the on the border." Uh huh. Uh-huh. To see if they would say Trump says no because it'll give him a win. See, that's the problem too. Now they're never going to give you everything on the border because I do understand why some of them. Are, yeah, you give us everything on the border. We also want a trillion dollars for other countries. Mm-hmm. Well, let's slow down there. Let's have a meet in the middle. But change one of these things and then enforce it. Change the asylum law and enforce it. Right. And Kirsten Cinema, our senator, is working on that. But it goes back to what you said. Let's say she comes up with the perfect border deal, puts it on the table. Is any Republican going to say, "Yeah, that's going to actually fix something. I'm going to vote for it." The answer is no, because it's politics yeah. and it's an election year and, and no Republican wants to give Joe Biden a win. And Not money a one. doesn't matter. You can give all of the money in the world to the Border Patrol, but unless you enforce any of the laws, all you're doing is getting more people to make sandwiches, to drive people around and to welcome people here until you fix that asylum law and you make it ironclad and you send people home. 
None of all because Biden will be like, well, they won't give me any money for Border Patrol. No, you're not fixing the problem. You're just asking for more help to deal with it. All right. So um, the Supreme Court allowed Border Patrol agents to resume cutting down for now the razor wire that Texas installed along a stretch of the U.S. border. Yep. Um, all right. Are you, but are you surprised by that? Are you surprised that the, that the Supreme I wasn't Court- surprised by that. I'm more, I want to see what goes on with the, if it gets there, with them claiming a certain park that is a state park and then trying to, t- and taking people into custody. To me, That's that case. is a more interesting thing because uh, you've got people on the left say, well, that it, that's a federal issue. That can't happen. But you also have people on the right saying, uh, and people in the middle who are ju- judicial experts saying, look, they have a point. And, you know, it has happened in the past where they've the federal has lost their way and the states are allowed to to handle certain situations. Yeah. I mean, it's that extreme at this point. It is. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, before Texas was doing what Arizona was doing, we're putting people in a bus and we're shipping them to New York because most of them want to go to New York. And then what do we see in New York? Well, for a 24 hour period. They made kids learn at home and they kept the, the vacant school. They had to open it up because of a. Um, because of a blizzard in New York to migrants. Yeah. I mean, you don't want people, you don't want migrants freezing outside, but it just shows you there's no place to put them. And in a school is not, is that's not the right place. Because no. now you've got kids going back to, well, you know what? Um, maybe you can just learn from home for a day. That's not okay. No. Because no. you know what's going to happen? It's going to happen more. Oh, well, we can do it once a week. And that doesn't help your push to fix uh, legalization in America and to try to get people to come here on a path where that we fix the dreamers, we fix all the stuff. If you're going to allow people to jump in front of the line and then you allow kids who already went through hell with COVID right. now right. to be stuck at home, that doesn't help you. The dreamers. I mean, that's almost an afterthought because think of all the new dreamers we have here. We're just, just, just over think, and over again. We're just reloading. Think about the millions of new dreamers that we that we have here that are three years old. And they were brought here by their parents, and they had nothing to do with it. No. And in about 10 or 15 years, they're going to grow up, and we're going to be like, what do we do with them now? They're going to be in school. They may only speak English. They've never been to wherever they're from. And now what? Coming up next, um, why don't we take you to New Hampshire? Let's go out there. They vote tomorrow. Is there anyone that can stop Donald Trump, Nikki Haley? Nope. Next. If you want to save America, you must vote for your favorite president of all time. I promise you that our best days are yet to come. We represent a chance to reverse the decline of this country and to give this country a new birth of freedom. Having two 80-year-olds running for president, America deserves better. You can't sit home, even if you vote and then you pass away. It's worth it. Presidential Essentials. Only the need-to-know stuff about the 2024 presidential election. What do you think about uh, Chad going out to a Nikki Haley rally right now? Boy, that's got to be super exciting. Let's do it. John Hook, everybody. Fox 10. He is out (laughs) in New Hampshire at a Nikki Haley rally. And Hook, is anyone there? Oh, yeah. Actually, yes. It's packed. (laughs) It is packed. They were turning people away in Franklin this morning at her other rally. Wow. Uh, The fire marshal had to remove people because there were too many people there. I know. I know. Uh, You may be shocked, but no, there's um, there's definitely some interest because there are some people who feel like 
she's the last stand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so absolutely. Yes. What, what are the people saying there? Because, you know, in theory, she is the last stand at this point in time now that Ada or Asa got out uh, and, and Ron DeSantis and everybody else, because that's what Trump love calling him Ada. Ada. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, John, she's she is the last stand. Uh, are there some DeSantis people there that are curious? You know, I have not run into them. I mean, his presence here was so limited. Mm. And this goes back this goes back a couple of months. He really started saying, you know, we got to focus on South Carolina. That's a better shot for us. This was never a great spot for DeSantis. I mean, keep in mind this is where John McCain, you know, won in 2000, won the primary here and really kind of shook up the George W. Bush race. Then he does wins it again in 08, becomes a nominee. This is the kind of politics they kind of like here. So Haley fit much better than DeSantis, and, and he just never could get it rolling here. Yeah. John Hook, Fox 10, he's out in uh, Salem, New Hampshire at a Nikki Haley rally. So does she have a chance tomorrow? Chad and I have been talking about this. You see the poll numbers. There was one CNN poll that said, you know, Trump plus seven, but now it's in double digits. Like you said, maybe a little bit of uh, she is the last stand. Maybe a little bit of panic in some folks in New Hampshire saying, well, maybe if we don't want Trump, maybe we really do need to go out and, and make Nikki Haley the winner. Do you think from talking to everybody and everything that you see, yeah, you're out there. Does she have a chance? I would never say never just because I saw what John McCain did here. Um, now, John McCain, you know, he he was everywhere. He staked his claim on New Hampshire. He bypassed Iowa. Right. Uh, both times because it didn't fit him very well. So I would never say never because this huge block of what they call undeclared voters, they tend to lean Haley versus Trump. If they turned out in big numbers tomorrow as kind of a last stand, um, you never know what can happen. So I would never say never. But I, I talked to a Haley supporter just a little while ago who said, you know, I'll feel good if she's within 10 points. I'm like, 10 Oof. points? Oh, my God. That's not going to get it done. No. That is not going to get it done. So, um, you know, if that were to happen, that that's probably the end of the line, guys. I mean, I think I think we're heading toward the inevitable matchup, the rematch oh. uh, of, of Trump and Biden. And I still have always said I'm still not sure in the end, Biden will be there. Yeah. I've said that for a couple of years. Yeah, we'll me have too. to see. Hey, John, you know what? I, I, I think she's going to make it to, uh, well, you you and I both know. She's probably going to make it to South Carolina. Uh, but the reality is, is she's not going to win tomorrow. I think she loses by double digits, which I think is going to shock everybody. People on MEC are going to freak out and think our democracy's gone. But here's the other <laughs> side of this thing. She is... Uh, I wonder about, is she going to be welcome into the fold? Because that's what a lot of people are wondering of all the people. Because you see what, you know, it was the sanctimonious and you heard Trump yesterday. He retired that. Mm. Is he going to exactly. tire Nimrata's name yeah. uh, as of uh, tomorrow night or next week? Yeah, I, I think you're you're onto it. Um, in politics, nothing is uh, set in stone. Everybody is uh, fluid. They'll move to wherever they need to go for uh, uh, expediency. So if Trump thinks that Nikki Haley down the line can serve him in some capacity, he'll bring her back and he'll bury the hatchet. He's for everything else. He's kind of a pragmatist that way. And that comes from his dealings in the business world. Your enemy one week may end up being your friend on a project the next week. So I think for him, this is all transactional. Hmm. He'll go wherever he thinks it suits him.
presidential essentials, only the need to know stuff about the 2024 presidential election. Our guest has been John Hook, Fox 10 news anchor out in New Hampshire. Okay, so this is the last stand. I mean, this is really it. it yeah. If, if Nikki Haley can't win, it's over. If she does win... Well, then it then, then then you've got then then you've got some people who say, "Okay, I'm a Republican and I really don't like Trump and Nikki Haley just proved that she could win New Hampshire." Maybe in all these other states in March, maybe they'll vote for her. But she has to win New Hampshire. Or She's got to at least make it competitive. It's, she loses by no, double digits tomorrow. No. Competitive doesn't mean anything. She's got to no. win. And they're going to vote tomorrow. She has to win. Or this thing is Donald Trump's. It's a Gatos and Chad Show.